Welcome to Cuyamaca Conversations. My name is Taylor Smith. I'm the chair of the Performing Arts Department at Cuyamaca College. Today, I'm going to be talking to Tristan Brooks. Tristan is a San Diego-based songwriter and musician, currently working on releasing his first EP. In fact, the music we just heard is to be released on that upcoming EP. That was a track called Hold On. During our conversation, we talk a bit about what it's like to try to prepare for the upcoming release, and also just a bit about what it's been like up until this point to releasing his first album. Well, Tristan, welcome. Thanks for being here today. Thank you for having me. So uh, so let's just get a little bit uh, started on kind of some background on you. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? What do you do? Uh, where'd you grow up? Those sorts of things. Well, my name's Tristan, and I grew up here in San Diego, um, Poway area, still living in the same house that came home after I was born. Um, but yeah, um, I play music. I, I write songs. I, um, I, I kind of do all the production work on my own stuff. And yeah, I've been just lately, you know, trying to just pick up as much as I can as far as music goes. <laughs> And starting to try to take the direction into becoming an artist, which uh, is a long and windy road of craziness. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. So how? Uh, what? Let's see. You and I we met because I think you came in to audition for the Coyote Music Festival a couple of years ago. I think it was a video submission, we- actually. Um, a video, or maybe, maybe okay. No, maybe I did do a. In person, one too. I, th- I might have tried out twice. I, I only seem to remember I one think, of them, though. <laughs> <laughs> I think you came in a couple of years ago um, with a band, and Alex was playing in your band. Oh yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that, that, that <clears throat> one. Yeah, that one was was that in person, one. wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> that was in person. Then, uh, then you came and played the show a couple of years ago in Alex's band, Alex Livanos. Yeah. You you were playing bass in his band, mm-hmm. but then you auditioned again this last time, yeah. Um, which was a video thing, but then everything got thrown out the window with that, as you know, as a as a solo artist that time, yeah. <laughs> right, as just a solo artist that time, yeah. So what is your what are you up to now? What is your most recent project? What are you doing? Well, right now, as as many, uh, I mean, I guess I should say right now, nobody's really doing anything performing. Unf- right? Unfortunately, not. I, I, I really miss it. I wish I could be out there performing. But right now I'm trying to just kind of get done, you know, like an album in, that I'm working on. Uh, it's a it's a short album. It's it's like an EP, but I don't want to use that word. Because, <laughs> uh, uh, but uh, yeah, and I've been just trying to work on it here at home all on my own with my own home setup. And uh, yeah, there's definitely been some challenging challenges. Uh and I haven't had the best work ethic, I'll admit it. I've been procrastinating and things have been getting in the way. But um, I'm really happy with the way it's turning out. And I just can't wait to put it out there in the world and see how people react to it. So is that you all on your own playing all the instruments? Or are you bringing people in? There, to are, accompany there are a couple songs. I brought some people in, um, particularly on drums. And, and there's a song with some saxophone in it. Um, but yeah, uh, most of the tracks... Um, it's it's all me uh, from you know drums, bass, guitar, uh, and and many many other things. Those are my main instruments. But 
you know <laughs> i i kind of yeah. have a collection of stuff um i know this is an audio thing but at least you can see it so you got like a yeah i can see <laughs> it and i can describe it for everybody so he's got a wall full he's got a mandolin uh guitar banjo ukulele that i can see yeah um uh, maybe there's a drum set behind the chair there maybe. is yeah like, oh the chair's in the way but, <laughs> oh no i dropped and then on the other wall he's got some more stuff hanging <laughs> yeah it's kind of a it's kind of a curse i I feel like I'm a very obsessed person. It's good that I found music before, you know, other addictive things because (laughs) (laughs) Um, I kind of get addicted to things. I'm like, oh my gosh, uh, what's a, what's a, what's a tenor guitar? How do you play that? And I research it and I try to learn how to play it and then I end up saving up and I buy one and I play it (laughs) and then, you know, or, oh, what's a baritone ukulele? And then I'm like, oh gosh, I gotta learn everything about it. I don't know. I have this sense where, like, if I want to learn how to to play an instrument, I need to at least have do some basic justice for it and like learn everything about it. You know, at least yeah, the yeah. basics, um, learn its history and such. <laughs> so, uh, so the project. So you're working on this. We. I, EP, for lack of a better word, right yep. now. Uh, how would you describe it? What kind of what style of music is it? Well, me like every other artist ever is gonna tell you. Yeah, I know. It's I always know gonna be one is. of those. That's, it's, it's undefinable. It's undefinable. It's so original and so. <laughs> yeah, no. It's. Uh, I mean, to an extent, I'm not really trying to hold it to a category, but I'm sure that other people will be able to label it far better than I will because it's my own music, and I'm gonna say all that junk to to try to cover up um you know whatever but it's very similar to like um like it's it's obviously stemming from my influences which are like uh radiohead jeff buckley stuff like that um muse to an extent um just all the stuff that like heavily influences um, my writing when I listen to a song. I'm like, oh, I want to make a copycat version of that song. And then I'm like, okay, maybe not do that. <laughs> and then I, you know, I just kind of use the aura or the the vibe of stuff that I listen to and then, you know, create something out of it. But yeah, it's probably yeah, closely you know, sometimes- to whatever those guys are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, sometimes I talk to students of mine or or colleagues or whatever, and you know, we we want to think of ourselves as being incredibly original yeah. and totally unique, and we're not like anything else. But the fact is, kind of like you said, if we took our like our five favorite bands and we just kind of like mixed them together, that's often what we're up to. Exactly. You know? um, and we forget and it's not that. a bad thing. Yeah, you know, you're, you're you're being influenced by great stuff. Um, and uh, so, in, in fact, it would be impossible not to be. Exactly. And so, <clears throat> it's a, sometimes we need to just just embrace it. You know? It's a weird chemistry because, to one extent, I see people embracing it and like kind of being proud of it. Like, oh yeah, this person influences me. And I guess in their in everybody's mind, you know, your influences are the coolest thing in the world. So of course you want to be compared to them. And then there's another side of everybody that's like, I don't sound exactly like them when sometimes <laughs> they kind of do. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. I was in a band in college and, uh, <clears throat> I, I got recruited to join cause I think their bass player left for whatever reason. And so they, they brought me in and, um, I had seen them play before. Um, you know, and I think they'd even played shows with this other band I was in. And every time I saw them play, I was like, wow, do they realize like how obviously they sound like a Counting Crows cover band? 
but just playing their own songs, you know, and then there I yeah. was playing bass with them and, you know, and it was not, it was not even on accident. I mean, the guy, that's what he oh, wanted yeah. to do. So, yeah. It's an easy trap to fall guy. into. I would say that <laughs> my first, like, the first thing I wrote, um, I, th- I joined a band in high school. Um, I joined a couple bands in high school, let's be honest. But uh, ev- every time I would join a band, like, <laughs> like my first iterations of songs that I wrote, you know, like the first songs like that, the kind of like, I don't know, three or four or five years however of like me kind of practicing writing songs most of the time it was just basically a ripoff of whatever i was like obsessed with at the time <laughs> i mean and then yeah, you kind of learn well it kind of has to be yeah that's kind of part of the learning process and you start to slowly kind of go away from that i mean you still have the core most of the time you know y- yeah. you can't be completely original of course <laughs> Right, right. So, uh, so let's talk a little bit about that. Uh, some of your influences. So, you mentioned Radiohead, Jeff Buckley, Muse, and some others. Are there any? Um, are there any kind of outliers that maybe people who were to like hear your music? Are there influences that you have that they may be surprised about? Like, you know, just as an example, uh, like other styles that are way outside of what you make that are actually pretty influential on you. I. I, I actually su- kind of surprise myself a lot with what influences me because, um, I mean, I, I do listen to a lot of different stuff. E- everyone says that, but I'm, ho- hopefully everybody does because it's, it's really healthy too, <laughs> especially if you're a musician. But, um, I yeah, I find myself constantly being influenced by um, like Stevie Wonder and bluegrass stuff and like all kinds of different directions, uh, folky stuff, uh uh, country, um, old school jazz, like it's like it's never ending really because I just kind of get stuck on a playlist or something for a week, and whatever I might be writing during that time, there's probably going to be a lot of that playlist that rubs off into that writing, and then oh, here comes another week, totally new playlist, and the stuff I write might be different that week, at least at least to my ears. It probably all goes through the Tristan filters in one way or another and <laughs> I don't hear that part of it but <laughs> right yeah no that's interesting you know I, I again I think that it's unavoidable uh that that's just how we how we experience life and so therefore it comes out in the stuff we create you know yeah uh, and, and I think you're right it is definitely healthy too too often and I was definitely one of these uh, in an earlier part of my life when I was in high school and early college mm-hmm. where I was like really snobby about certain styles and I wouldn't wouldn't go anywhere near certain styles because they were beneath me or whatever st- stupid stuff that yeah. I was thinking at the time. <clears throat> and or the opposite where I was like, no, I only listen to this because this is the only real stuff or whatever. Yeah. And, I think uh, we've all that, been there I was at really, some point. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we have. I mean, it's partly just you, as a teenager, that's kind of just the attitude that you have, you know. But um, I think you're right that what I was actually doing was just kind of like um, like uh, getting in the way of possible good inspiration from these styles, you know. Yeah. When I, again, back to when, when I was in college, that same year that I was talking about a minute ago, uh, I got recruited also to, to play in a, you mentioned bluegrass. I got recruited to play in this bluegrass band with the college. So the college had a, um, a folk dance group 
and they were going on a tour for the summer and they needed a bass player and singer to go, I guess whoever they had couldn't go or whatever. And, uh, so the very last minute that they brought me in to play and to sing. And, uh, it was these like really cheesy, like cowboy (laughs) songs. Yeah. One, four, five. (laughs) Well, that, and also, you know, and singing about, you know, yeehaw and all yodel voices and all this stuff. And, uh, I hated it. I hated it so much. But I was only 18 years old. I didn't really have like a good idea of like how cool this experience actually really was. Yeah. Because we were going on this tour. We were in, we played in Poland. We played in Hungary. We played in Austria. It's freaking awesome. And like, it was an amazing experience, but all I could think about was how dumb I looked standing on stage wearing a cowboy hat, singing yodel songs, you know? <laughs> and That's and the other great. thing that was, the other thing that made it extra meaningful later, now that I look back, uh, is we would go to these folk dance festivals, right? Mm-hmm. And so then there would be these groups from other countries. There was folk dancers from Brazil. There was folk dancers from Germany and from all, all over the place. And uh, to... Th- to them, they thought this stuff was really cool because this was like real American Authentic, cowboys playing yeah. <laughs> real American cowboy music, you know? And to me, it was like, I thought it was horrible. But I was super excited about hearing their stuff, you know, to hear this Ukrainian group yeah. playing traditional Ukrainian music. I was like, wow, that's amazing stuff. And to them, they're probably and like, so, ah, you don't want to hear this cheesy junk. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So uh, so that now I look back, that was almost 20 years ago. Now I look back and I'm like, wow, that actually was a pretty cool experience. Mm-hmm. And I should have had a better attitude about it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I think. But anyway, so so speaking also of influences, are there any people like locally, maybe bands you've played in or with or like mentors that have been really influential on you? I I try to let anyone and everyone influence me in some way i mean at least I, i'm saying that all, all high and mighty like oh yeah i just take i learn from everybody i mean i you have to try to you have to kind of you know let yourself go a little bit and kind of be like well let me take a look at this person like what do they do what do i like about what they do and what do i not like about what they do how can that kind of reflect back on me? You know, uh, it's like, it's, I, I like to think of music kind of like talking a lot. I think, I think it was like Victor Wooten or somebody who first brought up this analogy in my mind, but it's, it's really true. It's like, if you hang out with a bunch of people that say y'all all the time, eventually you're going to start saying y'all. If you hang out with a bunch of people that say like, oh, dude, duh, like everybody in California says dude, but you know, <laughs> uh, yeah it's like it's because the people around you say dude you know it's 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 like it's it's just the same thing with music and the more people that you surround yourself with and the more diverse those people are the more diverse or the more that they're going to rub off on you and kind of more diverse vocabulary you're going to have you know so it's it's just the same as talking or at least you'll have an understanding for a big array of things you know at the very least yeah, yeah, that's a good, so, good yeah. analogy. I would give you a, a clear answer there, but I, I feel like there's just too, way too many people. <laughs> sure. Fortunately, yeah. unfortunately. 
So, well, let's talk a little bit about then your experience playing in San Diego. What, what, um, what has that been like? Who, how, how often, you know, again, assuming things were like back to normal, how often were you playing gigs? Who were you playing with? Where are you playing? What, what's that been like? Well, the last few uh, months before lockdown, I hadn't been playing too much, at least as like my you know oh tristan you know I'd, I'd been i'd been playing quite a bit with other people uh you know filling in whatever instrument i might be like hired or asked to play with them i hadn't really been playing much as tristan though um which is something i definitely want to change when i get back out there but um you're asking about kind of like what how, what my experience with like kind of the scene is though too like in san diego yeah it, yeah essentially it, it's an interesting one because i feel like there's a lot of um there's a lot of potential <laughs> you know because th there's so many people here and it's like everybody ev everybody seems to have a good time <laughs> at the right time and place um like when it comes to live music but it, like at the same time there's like I don't know. There's just so many people that kind of don't want to go out and take that chance to, <laughs> to experience it sometimes. I don't know. It's so weird. It's when, when you live in a place where there's so much to do, it's kind of hard to do anything. You know what I mean? So I feel like there's so many great artists out there that I enjoy watching and I'm guilty of this too. Why don't I go out and see them all the time? Uh, you know, it's not that, it's not that there's like tons of people out there playing to empty clubs or anything, but I'm just saying that there's just so much here that I feel like that's kind of part of the reason why there's also like so many people out there playing to silence. Cause I've had shows where I've like packed the house and I've had a great time and you know, there's tons of people there. I've also played shows where there was like two people in the crowd still had a great time. Uh, you know, uh, it's, de there's definitely a different energy though. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Well, you know, I've been I've been talking with some other folks about this idea that um you know, some cities have a really strong like stylistic mm -hmm. association, right? You know, like kind of the the cliché answers would be Nashville mm -hmm. is, you know, super strong with country music or or Seattle is really strong with alternative mm -hmm. rock. Um and San Diego has not ever really had that, and so yeah. as a result, you know, it's, sometimes it seems maybe that there's almost like too many options, but none of them are quite strong enough to yeah. really be like a, this is what's going on here, you know? That's a much smarter version of what I was saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, and secondly, the other thing is that because we're so close to L.A., that, you know, a yeah. lot of good talent ends up leaving town yeah. to go up there because it's, you know, it's like, well, it's so close that it's easy to just kind of like migrate up there. Or if you're a big touring band, mm -hmm. it seems like, you know, if you could only play one show in Southern California, it doesn't make a ton of sense to play San Diego. If That's very LA's, true. Yeah. You know. And so therefore I think that sometimes we suffer a bit as like the secondary, yeah. you know, leftovers market. Do you want to sell yeah. four forty thousand tickets or do you want to sell two hundred thousand <laughs> tickets? That's kinda like the San Diego <laughs> right. LA difference. In a way, yeah. And the thing is, I mean, San Diego is actually I mean, it's the second largest city on the West Coast. Like it's you know, it's a very, very big city. Yeah. But we're so close to an even 
bigger city yeah. with an even you know with a really really long and strong history with music that it's it's kind of a hard act to to follow so to speak yeah it's kind of like we're the retirement home for musicians (laughs) (laughs) and you can't you can't grow up you can't grow up in a retirement home as a young musician you're gonna end up like benjamin button (laughs) (laughs) there is some truth to that that's for sure i i just like saying ridiculous Um, stuff that just vaguely lands on the truth (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, well, and I grew up, I didn't grow up here in San Diego. I grew up in, uh, in Riverside County. Mm-hmm. So I'm, you know, kind of a little bit of an outsider, but, uh, so I may have a slightly different perspective than people who've spent their whole lives here. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, you know, I grew up in a tiny town with, you know, virtually no music scene yeah. except for just what the, um, high school kids were up to, you know? Yeah. Um, and there was actually some pretty impressive stuff that happened there, but we looked at places like San Diego and like, wow, I wish we had something like that going yeah. on, you know. So like we, we do have some pretty interesting things, as you said, and there is a lot to that's going on. That's the thing, though, is um, if you go to a small town like that, and you're the only band that's visiting that town for the next six months, I guarantee you, people are going to be a little bit more interested, <laughs> opposed to like. Oh yeah, for sure. And there, there is definitely something to be said about that, you know, or. Or to be the only band, you know, it, again, like to talk about Nashville, like if you're a country band in Nashville, you're one of like 500 country bands yeah. in Nashville, you know, whereas if you're a metal band <clears throat> in, you know, I don't know, Wichita, Kansas or something like you're probably the only one. And so <laughs> that can be an advantage because you've got an, a, an audience that is not being um, served. I don't know. I've been you know? seeing so, a lot of... Uh, a lot of metal bands come from those back road towns. Is, isn't Slipknot from like Iowa or something? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you're a right. A bunch of I farmer right. dudes. And- you never know. That's true. Well, I, you know, I in my uh, in music industry class, we look at a map that has it's like color coded by the countries, mm-hmm. and the color coding is based on like number of metal bands per hundred thousand people. <laughs> And <laughs> you got to send me that. That's great. <laughs> and so, of course, Finland is like the brightest color oh, on gosh, the map yeah. because there's so many metal bands up there. <laughs> it's pretty funny. So then we look at this map and it's like, well, there aren't any in, you know, in uh, Zimbabwe. There's, you know, no metal oh bands. So that's your market right there. You know? So, um, so I know that recently you've been kind of working on some of these like split screen kind of side-by-side videos of yourself playing along with yourself? Yeah, I'm working on one right now. Uh, I'm going to admit, very Jacob Collier-inspired type stuff. Um, I'm not nearly as good as he is, of course. Like, probably... Most of us aren't. Probably, like, 1%, (laughs) maybe, probably less of the talent. But uh, (laughs) 1% is very generous. Uh, (laughs) But, yeah, uh, it's something got me inspired to do that because i was just like i play all these instruments it's like why don't i ever showcase that i can do that you know um because i it's and i um i gave it a try when the lockdown started because i had so much time on my hands i was at home i was still working but i was working remotely through zoom and stuff but um i had a lot of time at home you know because i didn't have any travel time and you know i would just wake up kind of first week like everybody slept in and then uh i started to be like i need to get up early so i can get some stuff done um 
and I made my first one. I think it was, um, I don't remember if it was uh, Lucy in the Sky or if it was uh, the Coldplay song, but I made my first one and I was just like, oh, wow. Like that was, that was really fun, you know, but it also kind of the, the way that those split screen videos are, you know, it's kind of like you got to do something perfectly like all the way through and then layer on top of it. So it was kind of challenging and it kind of showed me like, what am I capable of when I like need to like just go, you know, and just do it, you know, like, cause normally when you're recording, you have some time to figure out what you're going to do, <laughs> you know, and then yeah. you can record it. Um, but with this, it was just kind of like, I need to come up with, cause I didn't like plan out the arrangements. I just kind of figured them out. Like, okay. I was like, I'm, I'm going to just lay down the foundation with like a guitar or a piano. And then what else could this song use? Well, you know, it'd be really cool. Uh, a banjo Lucy on Lucy in the sky with a banjo. I bet nobody's heard that before. <laughs> and then I was like, okay, let me think of a banjo part for it. And then I was like, okay, what's next? Uh, well, you know, it'd be really cool. You know, those harmonies in, in the, in the chorus, like, what if I just like did harmonies throughout the whole song and made these weird, like oohs and ahs, you know, like the, ah, at the end of the chorus, <laughs> it's like, what if I just do that in the verse too? Um, you know, and then all the ideas come there. And then, um, I usually like to feature a piece of percussion somewhere in the video. <laughs> it's usually something very like just really plain and boring but like it always adds some fun to the the video because i have this banana shaker or i'll just be doing some ridiculous dance you know and it gives it some more interest instead of me just sitting there playing guitar like uh, you know <laughs> <laughs> right right yeah that's cool i've experimented with that a tiny bit um and it's it's for one it is really fun like you said but it's also way more work than i think people uh, appreciate yeah as from from a when somebody watches it i don't think they realize like how much time and energy goes into making those things it's i am interested to see how this lack of performance opportunities um what mm -hmm. that's going to turn into say you know a year from now you know fingers crossed everything is back to normal how some I, of I these definitely hope so i yeah <laughs> Um, how this experience of all of us going through this and experimenting with tools like that and, and the creative process like that, I am curious to see what that means, you know, in a year from now yeah. when people are putting out albums that they had to spend all of this time, like tinkering around with stuff they had never really thought of before and what that means. Yeah. And that's going to be kind of a cool, uh, cool yeah. thing to see. I've been seeing... I saw a lot of people doing live streams. I tried a couple myself, like especially during the lockdown. But since the lockdown, I haven't really seen anything. Like, not not at least me. I could be totally wrong here. Maybe it's just my feed or whatever. But uh, I haven't really seen much of that anymore. Like there was like this kind of inspiration to be innovative and to be to try to bring people together in this desperate time of confusion. But it just kind of stopped because we're in this weird gray area where everything is still kind of closed, but we don't necessarily need to, you know, go crazy because we're not all locked down and, and terrorized by this virus <laughs> as, yeah. as much, you know, we should be, but like people are definitely not as scared now as they were a couple months ago. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of a weird, weird limbo we're in right now, but 
<clears throat> anyway, you know, I, I, I do think it will be interesting to see what people goofing around with this technology, for lack of a better word, like what that's going to mean a year from now when they don't have to use it. Will they still embrace some of the things that, they, oh, that they've yeah. picked up, you know, along the way? Um, and yeah, like trying out stuff and going, hey, that's actually kind of cool. If I wasn't stuck in this weird lockdown situation, I would have never tried that. But now that I have, yeah. I'm going to do it again, you know. I'm yeah. just curious to see where that goes. So speaking of the future... Uh, what, what is your, you said you got this EP thing that you're working on. Do you have any sort of ETA on that when that might be ready? ETA as in, uh, uh estimated time <laughs> of arrival. Yeah. I'm so bad with acronyms. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, um, it's still kind of in the works. I am, I have a weird work ethic. I, uh, I um I pretty much have I would say 80% of it done. <laughs> but I I want to also release it on a time where the the people that, you know, I want to hear and the, the right people are going to be able to hear it, you know. So, and I want to release it on a time like you know, like I know we're all kind of still like, you know, so, social distancing and stuff. Um I just I, I don't know how to describe it, but I just I I don't think the time is right right this second. Probably like, uh, you know, not too far from now. Probably looking looking at the fall, you know, this. But yeah, it's at this point, it's not necessarily um the production halting it, like a lack of you know, because it's so it's eighty percent there, and um I still have just a little bit more to work on, but it's part of it's just kind of finding the right time to uh put it out there into the world um because you know i don't i don't really care how many people listen to it but i just want the right people to listen to it you know <laughs> yeah i get that that makes sense and you know and honestly you know? if you're if you have the time to wait and to to continue to to think about it and work on it like you might as well take it you know yeah until then i'm i'm planning on releasing more of these videos these uh split screen videos i'm I'm actually working on one right now. It's it's going to be a little bit more um, higher tier than the ones I've been putting out. Hopefully, I, I'm not a video editor by any means, but I'm I'm using Final Cut to put it together instead of um, the that free app that I've been using. <laughs> so, um, if hopefully it'll be a little more entertaining, and this time it's going to be a full length uh, four minute thing instead of just a one minute little spoof. Yeah. Um, but yeah, hopefully I'll be able to put that out later this week. I'm, I'm, I'm working on the video editing now and I'm thinking about adding some more parts to it, like some harmonies and stuff right now. It's kind of just the core bare bones. Interesting. So, um, what is your outlook like long term? What are you thinking is going to be like, what do you, what are your plans for say four years from now, five years from now? Are you trying to make it as a songwriter? Are you trying to make it as a performer? Are you trying to, like, what is your end goal, you think, for, say, five, six, seven years from now? Well, w when it comes to that stuff, I have a strange viewpoint, I think, because I'm not really, my goal isn't really to be like, oh, successful singer, songwriter, or anything really per se. I think my goal really, I mean, like, if people want to keep listening to it, I'm going to be promoting my stuff, and I'm going to be doing, like, everything that a normal singer-songwriter would do, 
you know, to try to get their stuff out there. But my goal isn't really to have like, okay, I'm going to have like 100,000 streams in five years on Spotify or any crazy ridiculous stuff like that. I think I just want to grow as a as a musician and I want to have when I look back five years from now, I have an archive of my works that me and anyone else could look back on and kind of see how I've grown. That is honestly my main motivation. So <laughs> it's kind of weird, you know, like whether or not that turns into a super viable career where I profit a lot, or if that turns into um, any kind of attention, um, that's not as important to me. It's more about just kind of having this archive of my works and uh, making sure that the people that can, you know, kind of appreciate my works, you know, can can have access to it and can listen to it when they feel like it. Um, <laughs> not that I, I'm like, I need all this appreciation for what I did and you guys are going to have to show me the love. But like, I'm just <laughs> like, you know, I just I, that's what I want, you know, and I think. I think really deep down, that's kind of what we all want. We just kind of want this, you know, representation of ourselves in the form of our work. Um, sometimes, I don't know, some people get clouded by the idea of, oh, I just need to make it. I just need to write this cheesy trash song that makes me popular or whatever. But I don't know. I, that's not really my inspiration as much, you know. It's just kind of having, it's kind of having my, my, uh, I don't know, my, my mountain or my building or whatever that I built over the years. And I want to look back and have something really rich and valuable and not just something that's, you know, kind of, oh, this one piece of it is huge and everything else is tiny. Like, which it seem, seems to be the goal. I just need to have one great song that, that makes me a lot of money or makes mm -hmm. me really popular. And then everything else don't give a shit about <laughs> <laughs> yeah no that's actually that's actually a pretty healthy way to think of it you know um that's the, th the thing that's especially good about having a, a body of work to kind of look back upon is being able to see the growth and being able to see the the uh the changes over time mm -hmm. you know there's a i don't know i don't know all the details about this study but somebody <clears throat> did a sociological study where they essentially took a pottery class and they split the class in two. And one half of the class, the instructor said, I'm only going to grade you on one work. You're going to just put all of your time and attention into making just like the perfect pot. you know." And then the other side of the class, he says, I don't care. I'm not even going to look at it. I'm just going to take everything that you've designed over the course of this class and I'm just going to weigh it. And like the more works you do, the better grade you get. I don't even care how much they suck. Okay. <laughs> <clears throat> and uh, supposedly, according to then he brings in outside observers after the fact, after the experiment is over, you know, and he has them look at the works that people created. And most of the observers felt like those that had, that were put in the, I'm just going to weigh it category, ended up making better pots than the ones yeah. who spent the whole semester worrying about making one perfect pot. You know, and it was like basically just because they put in the time, they put in the effort to just like making their way through the process that they got good at it versus the ones who spent all of their time worrying about, I have to make one good pot. I don't want to mess it up. I can't mess it up. I have to make one good one, you know. And that's a really, that's really brilliant, honestly. That's a really brilliant experiment. It really goes to show especially 
I I don't know. Like I feel like in this this country, the United States, we we have this whole idea that you just need one whatever, you know, one defining moment of your life. And it's like life doesn't really work like that, you know, one successful moment. Um but it's it, it really isn't like that. It's like you write your first whatever, you create your first whatever your occupation is. It's probably going to suck. It's probably going to be really bad. <laughs> Second one is probably going to suck too, but you're going to learn from your mistakes. Maybe by time 74 or something, maybe you'll have something okay, presentable to uh, other people. Right. <laughs> you know? And then it's like, it just it's a mountain. It just keeps getting taller and taller. You know? It's not like you have this peak and then everything else is just, you know, valley, you know? Yeah. It's, it's really just ups and downs and, you know, but hopefully it's, more ups. More ups. <laughs> yeah, you know, and also another there's a uh there's an interview that Ira Glass gave. Ira Glass is the host of the radio uh show called This American Life. He has this interview and he talks about this idea and he says, you know, basically when I started out, if I go back and listen to this stuff from when I started, he's like, it's horrible. But yeah. uh he says, you know, the thing is most of us who do creative work like we go through a period of just sucking for a really long time. Yeah. Uh, but the the secret is to not stop there, but to keep pushing. And he says it's especially yeah. frustrating because the fact that you want to make creative work means that you probably have really good taste and you know what good is. And you look mm -hmm. at yourself and you look at what you're doing and you know that it's not good. Like your you know, your ears tell you. I am not good at this. Uh, and so you, you know, the easy, the obvious thing is, well, okay, I should stop doing this, you know? Yeah. Uh, but you don't get good unless you suck for a really long time is basically what his yeah, talk says. Exactly. You know? And he says, you know, he, that's so, like your training. Yeah. And yeah. So his, his, uh, formula was basically like, you have to put yourself on a schedule and just like, just generate work. He's like, even if you're going to throw it away, like write a song a week, Put out a you know write a write an yeah. a, one essay every week or whatever it is that your art form is like just do it, make yourself accountable and over time you will find that like it just gets better and it gets easier. Yeah, so. you got to dig through a lot of dirt before you find any gold. Hey, there you go. And then after that first piece of gold, you got to dig through a lot more dirt. <laughs> then maybe you'll find another piece. That's it. You know. Yeah. And eventually you'll find that platinum right. way down there after <laughs> shoveling miles of shit. <laughs> That's right. So speaking of like uh, words of advice and stuff, I know you haven't been at this a super long time, but if there was somebody who no, was a little... I'm a newbie. Uh, somebody sure. who was a little bit younger or even a lot younger than you that's saying like, yeah, I want to, you know, I want to work in music. I want to make music. Um, would you have anything that you might tell them of things you've learned over the last few years of trying this out? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, don't get me wrong. I'm still totally a newbie for, for, by by many standards. But yeah, I definitely, not to toot my own horn, but I definitely think I could uh, offer some valuable advice. Uh, main thing is probably what we were just talking about, the whole don't get frustrated with your first 10 drafts of something. You know, don't, if you're, if you're kind of up and coming and you're a songwriter, you know, 
or whatnot, don't be like, okay, I'm going to like write my hit song magically one day, you know, just, you know, one day I'm going to come home and it's going to be the right conditions and I'm going to have such a terrible day at work and I'm going to write this super angsty, perfect song or like one day I'm going to just see this beautiful girl and I'm going to write this amazing love song that's going to go hit. It doesn't, it really doesn't work that way. Um, it's garbage after garbage after garbage. And then you're like, Hey, wait, I think I learned from shoveling those last (laughs) 10 pounds of garbage. I think I know what I need to do now. And then you're like, okay, this is pretty good. This is pretty good. And then you get about halfway through it and you're like, Oh no, wait, this is, this isn't good. And you're like, but I was so close. I was 50% there. And then, you know, down the road, eventually you'll get something and it's never going to be the it's never going to be the best you know it's it's always going to be it's always there's always potential to be better you know and as you kind of grow as as an artist or as a as a human really it just keeps getting better hopefully if you're taking the right path it just keeps getting better and you know that's kind of what i'm i'm talking about you know i don't want my this album that i released to be you know (laughs) so good that i can't outdo it you know i'm gonna make it the best i can be at the moment me as a person right now this is the best i can be um a year from now if when i make another album i want it to be better i want it to represent the person i am that day you know and i don't want to be like oh don't look at what i was a year ago because that's not me anymore well yeah it's not you anymore but it was you a year ago so it's like don't get caught up in this whole game of oh i need to be perfect right now and i need to demonstrate the best i can be and that best that i can be is only one thing forever and it never changes because it always changes you know yeah yeah that's good yeah i like that that's good it's you know and i think that too many times there are too many stories about the people who have done that they've they wrote the one song and that's it (laughs) you know and that was their secret to the rest of their lives they wrote that one song and now they have a million dollars and everything's great yeah like there are too many stories like that that people don't take the the process seriously because for every one Mm -hmm. of those stories there are dozens hundreds of stories of people doing the opposite which is just like slogging away over and over and over again you know and slowly making progress that's what I was, I was actually talking to my dad about this, uh, I think last night, but I was like, think about all the artists or anybody who has like longevity, like really good longevity. Like they've been around for like 20 plus years, you know, and they, they're still kicking ass and they're like making albums that like people still enjoy. It's like, if you look at their career, you know, in the beginning, they were not anywhere close to what they are now you know and then you know as they progressed you know they either change or they get better and some people's opinion change isn't better but they're changing you know they're constantly adapting and they're learning and they're becoming a more independent creative and they're becoming you know they're learning more and they're 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 drawing more in like i think of radiohead that way but that's they're my favorite band (laughs) so maybe i shouldn't talk about them because i'm super biased about that (laughs) interesting yeah well hey that's all really good Thanks for that. Yeah, no worries. I hope hope there's some value in that ramble. <laughs> I, I like to ramble. <laughs> I if you talk to any of my music students, they'll, they'll tell you, oh yeah, he just goes on these crazy tangents, and then <laughs> at the end of the lesson, he's just like, okay, do you remember how to play that E minor chord? <laughs> no, I'm I'm joking. No, I I'm definitely guilty <laughs> of that myself as well. So. Hey, well, thanks for talking to me, man. 
Yeah, of course. It was it was definitely fun to talk with you. And here's a bit of the track Slow, also to be released on Tristan's upcoming EP release. 